welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Father, speak to us from your word today. You have a message for us, a message to your church. Speak to us in the authority of Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I am looking forward on February 7th to receiving some new members in. And so next Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, membership class and, and a couple of Sundays following up to February the 7th. It's going to be a great time that day celebrating together. It's also our annual conference Sunday right at the end of morning worship. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll dismiss and then... Uh, boy, we hope that you'll stick around for another 45 minutes, maybe an hour or so for our annual conference uh, that Sunday of February the 7th, and uh, it's going to be um, uh, a, a, great, a, a great day. Lord Jesus wants you to know that his kingdom is not disturbed right now. The kingdoms of this world go through seasons and go through trials and go through tribulations. And when a nation that was founded in covenant with Almighty God, and you've heard me say it before, you'll hear me say it a lot more. Only two nations in all of human history were established in covenant with Almighty God. The nation of Israel when they came out of Egyptian slavery and they went to the land of promise and they established the nation Israel, it was established in covenant with Almighty God. The, the founding fathers here, and even though, even though Jamestown went sideways later, the man that originally established the charter for the founding of Jamestown, specifically in his charter, said it was founded for the establishing of a Christian community that would spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then when the uh, settlers settled the Plymouth colony, before they ever got off the Mayflower, they established what is called the Mayflower Compact. If you've not read that lately, you need to read it because it is directly a covenant established with Almighty God, and our founding fathers, when they wrote the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution, they went back to that Mayflower Compact. That became an important document as they established the government of this nation. Because as Patrick Henry said, it cannot be said too often, make no mistake, this nation was not founded upon religion but upon Christianity. Amen. Founded in covenant with Almighty God. But when you, when you turn your back on God and you murder over 50,000 innocent babies and you turn your back and you begin defiling and doing those things that God calls an abomination, 
and you take God out of the public arena. You take God out of the schools. You take God out of, out of our courts. You take God out of, our, out of our, our city government, our state government, our federal government. You take God out of every public arena. When you begin doing that, there are consequences to doing that. We're seeing those consequences right now. Because what, what has happened is every one of the anchors that have moored this nation and anchored this nation, all of those anchor bolts have been taken out and now we're free floating. We're free floating. We're free floating in humanism, in rationalism, in pragmatism, in postmodernism that says everything is relative, there are no absolutes, and so there's this free floating. And dear ones, there's only one answer. And that's the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the question is, what does the church do in the midst of this? What do true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ do in the midst of this? But let me tell you what we don't do first, and then I'll tell you what we should do. We don't become filled with angst and fear and worry. Because... Our kingdom can't be shaken. The kingdoms of this world may be shaken, but our king, his throne is established forever. His kingdom is forever. Our kingdom doesn't get shaken. See? But here's the other thing. We don't get angry. We don't get belligerent. We don't let, we don't let that control us. I know there are things that make you angry should make you angry. It should make you angry when, when leaders and when media lie to you. That, that should make you angry. But we don't act out of anger. Come on. Amen? Okay. That's why it says, be angry, but sin not. Yeah, it makes you angry, but you don't act out of that anger and act out of sin. Come on. Amen? Okay. So what do we do in this situation? Well, I, w- I want to tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, God has not lost control. Amen. God has not lost control. I, I suppose the question that is most often asked of me as a pastor is this question. If God is a good God, then why does he let evil happen? If God is a good God, then why does he let evil happen? There's, there's a simple answer to that. And yet it's not so simple. It's a simple answer, but it's not simplistic. It's a simple answer, but it's not simplistic. The simple answer is this. The original human couple disobeyed God, rebelled against God, committed treason against God, and brought sin into the world. As it says, therefore, as by one man sin entered the world and death by sin Thus, death spread to all men because all have sinned. Unfortunately, that sin has been passed down to every generation after that. And so we live in a world where sin is the predominant spirit. Because when they committed high treason, when God originally created Adam and Eve, he meant for them to be the ambassadors of his kingdom and 
though this was the region and the atmosphere of Lucifer and the kingdom of darkness, God had meant for Adam and Eve and their descendants to be the ambassador of his kingdom, and they were given authority to kick Lucifer and all of his demonic forces and all the fallen angels out of this region so that God's kingdom could be established in this region. But when they committed high treason... Then Lucifer became the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of the darkness of this world. And up till right now, that is the one that rules the world. And so we see evil in the world. Evil thing happens. And bad things happen even to good people. Ask me. People text and drive and run into innocent people. People get drunk and run intersections. And run into people's cars and create victims. Come on, amen? amen? There are people that are innocent that have evil perpetrated upon them because of the evil in the heart of the perpetrator. And, and you go, and, and, there's, and there's, there's cancer, there's disease, and people die way too young. Come on, amen? amen. Things happen. Things happen. Like my grandma, when my dad was 12 years old, a drunk driver. She was walking across the street, a drunk driver hit her and killed her. When my dad was 12, he lost his mom when, when, when she was 12. And unfortunately, out of that, my dad became angry at God and didn't come back to God till he was 75. But thank the Lord, at 75, the love of God was able to pierce through that hurt and that wound, and he came back to Jesus. But see, we live in this fallen world, but God is still a good God. We live in a fallen world, but God is a good God, and his promise to you and I is that I will make all things work together for your good if you will love me and let my purposes be worked out in your life. In other words, God wants us to live the blessed life. I want you to pause a moment. I want you to think on those words. God wants you to live the blessed life. Would you say it this way to your own heart? God wants me to live the blessed life. Come on, say it to your heart again. Now, would you please turn to the one on your right and your left and say to them, God wants me to live the blessed life. Because he's a good God. We live in a fallen world. And yes, there's evil going on around us. But I want to tell you, that doesn't change God's plan and purpose for your life, which is to live the blessed life. Deuteronomy 28 is not changed. God said, I want you to be blessed when you go out. I want you to be blessed when you come in. I want you to be blessed when you rise up. I want you to be blessed when you lie down. I want you to be blessed in your fields. I'm going to be blessed in your workplace. I want you to be blessed in your home. I want you to be blessed in your children. I want you to be blessed in everything you put your hand to. This is amazing. I want you to be blessed in everything you put your hand to. He wants to bless my golf game. And he probably would if I didn't play army golf. Left, right, left, right, you know. 
Only golfers get that. But, you know, it's just the living the blessed life. Listen to this. He said, and when your enemy comes against you one way, he will flee before you seven ways. But not only that, he says, I will defeat your enemy before you, and he will flee before you seven ways. See, you don't need to live in fear. See, that's what God said to Joshua. I'm, I'm going to do a, a whole thing on, on fear, how to conquer fear. There's some amazing promises, but here's, here's the anchor of it. God said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and very courageous. Do not fear nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He wants you to be blessed. He said, I'm going to make it so that you're the lender, not the borrower. You're the head, not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. Wow, God wants you blessed. How about this one in Malachi chapter 3? God says, and see that I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. Woo! He wants you so blessed, it's overflowing and splashing on people around you. Now, where, where, where we mess up sometimes uh, is we start getting blessed, and then we start hoarding it. <laughs> See, God doesn't bless us so we can hoard it. God wants to bless us so much that that blessing splashes over into the lives of other people, and even others who may not deserve it, but you bless them. Yes. And you bless those who can't give back to you. Yes. You know they'll never be able to give back, but you bless them. The blessed life. See, God wants us blessed. But here's what I hear. I, I, people say, well, but Dean, those scriptures are Old Testament, and, and, that's, and that's, to, uh, you know, that's just to, to the children of Israel. That, that's, that's not promised to the church. Oh, I'm glad you said that because there's a scripture in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, and it says this. It said that Christ has redeemed us from the curse Having been made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Listen, that the blessings of Abraham, that's the children of Israel, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles and that we might receive the Holy Spirit which was promised to us. What does that mean? That means all those blessings I just talked about that's in the Old Testament, they're for you and I in the New Testament. They're for us Gentiles. They're for you and I. Come on, they're ours. God wants us living the blessed life. Anyone besides me like Psalm 1? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it doth he meditate day and night. That man shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that is just barely surviving. I mean, no. Oh, that's right. That wasn't correct, was it? A tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season and its leaves doth not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. 
I want you blessed in whatever you put your hand to. You're going to prosper in all those things. See, God promised us the blessed life. But there's something very curious about each of those passages of Scripture. Now, I shared with you the promised blessing. But in every one of those scriptures, there's a condition. See, living the blessed life is a matter of the heart. You don't just get it because you crave it. It's a matter of the heart. See, what we fail to understand is we go, well, God's a good God, then how come this happened to me? God's a good God, then how come this is going? God's a good God. And, and we wonder why we're not walking in the blessing. And in every one of those, God tells us that there's a condition of the heart that even though we're born again and we're going to heaven, if, if we don't guard our heart and guard our mind, we will actually put up barriers to the blessings of God in our life. Not God doesn't want them there, but we put them there. See, there's, a, there's an interesting scripture found in the Gospels where Jesus talks about judge not that you be not judged. Don't be critical. And he follows that portion of scripture with these words. Given it shall be given to you. In good measure. Pressed down and running over shall men give into your bosom. But what, now I often hear that quoted in regard to finances. But the context is not about finances only. The actual context is the condition of your heart. And the condition of your heart is don't be judgmental and don't be unforgiving. Uh Uh-oh. In other words, if you want to have the blessings of God overflowing in your life in good measure, you got to guard your heart. That must be what Proverbs is talking about when he said, guard your heart with all all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Oh, yeah. You want to live the blessed life? You got to guard your heart and you got to guard your mind. Oh, oh, it's a heart condition. Living the blessed life. Have Have you ever met someone like, I'm thinking of a particular person right now, and I'm not saying their name intentionally. But I'm thinking of a particular person, and they're a senior. But I'm telling you, when you're around them, you go away feeling better than when you came. And you go to minister to them, and you come away going, I came to minister to them, and I'm going away minister to. <laughs> you ever met anybody like that? You just, and, and you just, I mean, you, just, you walk away blessed, just think about the condition of that person's heart. They overflow with love, joy, and peace. They've learned the power of living forgiving. They've learned the power of living forgiving. 
they learn the power of not being so quick to judge. They've learned the power of living grace. They grace others. Anybody want to travel? This is online travel. Anybody want to go somewhere? Let me see. No, that was not a signal I had to quit yet because I still got 40 minutes. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> the condition of the heart. It's so in, in Deuteronomy 28, when God says, I want you blessed when you go out. I want you blessed when you come in. I want you blessed when you rise up. I want you blessed when you lie down. I want you blessed in your work. I want you blessed in your children. I want, I want you to be above only, not beneath. When he, when he says all these, he says this. He says, listen, if you will diligently obey my voice and keep my commandments. These, listen, I'm going to say it to you in English how it is actually in the Hebrew. These blessings will run after you, tackle you, and come upon you. Really? But, but, did, but did, did you catch the heart condition? See, In, in Malachi, when it talks about, I want to I open the windows of heaven and I want to pour a blessing you can't even contain. God says that that blessing is hinged upon you bringing the full tithe into my storehouse. See, God wants us to understand something. He created us to live on the 90% because the 10% belongs to him. And when I spend 100% of my income, I'm spending God's money. It's, it's not even mine to spend. That 10% is God's money. Because that's how God designed it. Now, why did God design it that way? Because he wants you to learn to trust him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because he knows where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. And it's a heart condition. And so he wants us to learn how right off the top to take the first 10%, that goes to God, this percent is what I live on. So I work my budget on the 90% because the 10% is his, belongs to him. And he says, and when I do that, and Juan and I were talking about this yesterday, and I love what she said. She says, Dean, never have we ever not had God provide. Never have we ever. I remember back in the 1980s, we had planted a church and it had grown quickly from 26 people to a few hundred people. And God said, you're trusting too much in man. I want you to resign your salary and live by faith. And my elders and deacons didn't understand it when I went to them and said, I'm resigning our salary. But but we, we did, and for three years, we lived by faith, resigned our salary and lived by faith. And we had multiple challenges during that time. One, one school year, it was time to start school year, and we needed to get clothes for the kids, and we had $100 to buy school clothes for three kids. How many would like to try and go buy your children their school clothes with 
How would I like to do it for one kid, let alone three, right? But we went to the store, and there were sales on. And I'm telling you, we walked out of that store with all the clothes we needed for the kids, and I got change back from the $100. Not a lot. There wasn't any green. <laughs> but I got change back. We had to put a roof on the house. I went to the office one day, and my bookkeeper came in and said, I don't understand this. But when I came in today, this was laying on the desk in an envelope for you, and it was the exact amount of money we needed to do the roof. I, to this day, still have no idea where it came from. But listen, when you trust God, you live the blessed life. But it's key. It's key. We've got we to gotta be willing to trust God that way. In, in, in Psalms, what did he say? Blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm not going to go to the ungodly for my counsel. I'm going to go to the godly. I'm going to go to the word of God. I'm going to go to the man, the woman of God that are led by the Holy Spirit and know the word and know the truth because the truth will set me free. They don't stand in the way of the sinner. I am not going to pattern my life after the way of the world and sin. I'm going to pattern my life after God and his word. And I don't sit in the seat of the scornful. I will not scorn those. I will, I will not sit with those who call evil good and good evil. Amen. But my delight is going to be in the law of the Lord, and in it will I meditate day and night. There, there we go. The blessed life. See, God called us to live the blessed life. That's his design for you. And here's the interesting thing. Life works best when you do it that way. It's interesting. The human body and its very design works best when you're living the blessed life. You're more healthy mentally. You're more healthy physically. You're more healthy emotionally. Everything about your life is better when you're living the blessed life. I don't, I, that, now, listen. Don't just always put dollar signs on that, okay? We didn't always have the most money. But I can tell you what we have always had. Great relationships together. Great relationships with our children. Great relationships. We have wonderful relationships. We have, we have friends that stay in touch with us, go back decades that stay in touch with us. And, and it's just, because you know what? When you have healthy relationships and you're making quality decisions, you've got a great life. Amen? It's not always measured by dollar signs. The blessed life, yeah, God does want to bless you financially, but don't make that your only measuring stick. Don't make your only measuring stick being blessed with stuff. There's so many other things that you can measure that with. God created you to live blessed. So I got a question for you. Are you? Are you living the blessed life? It starts with having Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Amen. It starts there. You, you, you can't enter the blessed life if you don't have the creator of the blessed life 
as Lord of your life. It starts there. So an honest question. Do you know that you know for certain that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life? That you, you have him living in your heart and he's the one in charge. Do you know that for certain? If not, why not today? If not, why not today? If you go, Dean, I, I know that. I know that. I, I know Jesus is in my heart. Then I want to ask you a question. Are, are you living your life with a heart that, that has an open channel for the blessings of God to come in? Or are you still harboring some unforgiveness? Are you still harboring some hurt, some offense? Is there some unresolved in you? Is there a judgmental spirit in you? Are there, are there things in your heart and in your mind that's blocking up the blessing from flowing in? Do you trust the Lord? Those two questions. Would you stand with me, please? Lord Jesus. Mm. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I, I must address that first question. Do you know for certain that Jesus Christ lives in your heart, and he's the one in charge of your life. If not, why not today? Why not today? And that, that's, you, you can do that by just simply saying, Pastor Dean, I want Jesus to come live in my heart and life today. I want him to take charge of my life. Just slip your hand up and write back down. I want to pray for you in just a moment. Hand up and write back down. Amen. Amen. Someone else, hand up and write back down. Waiting a moment longer, hand up and write back down. Amen, amen, amen. Got to wait a moment longer because there may be some more hands. Up and write back down. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Amen, okay. I want to pray for these that raised their hand. Would you join me in prayer? Would everyone pray with me? And those that raised your hand, just pray this and mean it with all your heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. And you died for me. And I ask you, Jesus, forgive me of everything I've done wrong. Wash my heart. Make it pure and clean. Jesus, I ask you, come live in my heart. Would you take charge? I want you to be in charge of my life every day. I want to start this journey, and I want to be all in for you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, give him a praise.
Hallelujah. Now, the second question I had. You know Jesus lives in your heart. But there's been some things in your life that's been blocking the blessing. And you want to get those things out. Maybe it's a fence that hasn't been resolved. Maybe it's a wound that you've not laid down. Maybe it's anger that you have. Maybe it's just stubbornness. You just, you, you know, I, I'm stubborn. I know that. And, and, and that's hindering the free flow of blessing in your life. And it's time right now to lay those things down and say, Jesus, enough with my stubbornness. Enough with carrying this. It's, it's enough. I'm laying it down, Jesus. Putting it down at your feet. And I will not pick it back up. I will lay it down. Giving it to you, Jesus. I want an open heart for the free flow of your blessing. And that's especially so if in the area of the tithe you've not yet come into obedience there. God wants you says, prove me in this. Test me. Test me and see if what I'm saying is not true. That when you give me the first 10% right off the top and you start living on the 90, I will make the 90 prosper and you will be blessed and overflowing in your life. If you'd say, Pastor Dean, I'm laying it down. I'm committed to Jesus. Hand up and write back down. this thing one more day. I'll not hold judgment one more day. I choose to let it go. That doesn't mean that what they did was right or okay. It's just saying you're not going to judge them. You're not going to hold the account. You're going to leave it with God. You're going to leave it with God. You're going to give grace. You're not going to judge. You're not going to hold the account. I choose to lay it down. Father, as 
as they make that choice right now in their heart, Holy Spirit, would you flood them with divine peace? Would you flood them? Flood them with divine peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray for everyone that raised their hand. Lord God, they're laying it down at your feet. They're laying it down under the blood of Jesus. They're being washed and cleansed. And I thank you, Lord. I give you praise. Everyone online that has prayed this prayer with me today, you, you said, Jesus, come live in my heart and life. Jesus, take charge of my life. Would you, would you just put in the comment section online, I prayed we'll be in touch with you and make arrangements to get a Bible and other resources to you as well. We want to help you. We want to help you. So please, in the comments section, I pray we want to get a Bible to you and those resources to you. Those here in our church family, I believe God has touched you in a powerful way. I believe today's been